Eurovision. Welcome to Eurovision, a podcast with a unique Irish perspective on the Eurovision Song Contest. 12 points. Ireland. Oh, everyone welcome back to the Airvision podcast we're back with another episode and it's a jammed packed episode louise how are you y'all good Diggish connor tom cabra i'm good hi everyone welcome back this is going to be a very fun episode and i'm quite excited to get stuck in coming up on the episode today we've got the assistant mayor of liverpool harry Dole on the show to discuss Liverpool 2023. We'll also be hearing from a few fans from Liverpool to get us in the mood and excited for next May. Plus, we'll be discussing our favourite UK entries of all time. And just a little spoiler, we don't have the same top three, lads. It's going to be completely different. Connor and Lou differences. We love to see it. Louise, though, we've got a few updates. Yeah, we do. So, of course... If you have been following the podcast all along, you will know in our last episode, we discussed all of the Irish Eurovision entries, our personal favourites, as well as that of you, the listeners. You submitted your favourites on Instagram and Twitter, and we heard from some of you. We decided to conduct an official poll, an Eurovision poll, to see what is the most loved, the favourite Eurovision entry from Ireland according to our listeners and our followers on Twitter and Instagram. Connor, we had almost 100 votes. Wow. I know, I know, I know. And I can reveal the results now. Okay, I can reveal that the winner of the poll and the official favourite Eurovision entry from Ireland according to our listeners and our followers is... Rock and Roll Kids 1994. <laughs> Connor and I did not rig this. No. I swear, I swear. Uh, yes, it won by two votes. Now, our second place was not far behind. Okay. It was Neve Kavanagh in your eyes. No surprise. Just as we predicted. Yeah. They were kind of the two we thought. Solid ones that we thought would be in there. We had a joint third place, Connor. Oh. Hold me now, Johnny Logan. Okay. And the voice Emer Quinn. So all winners. All, all winners, winners thus far. Now. Is this where it gets interesting? Our fourth now? place. Could you guess who it is? It's not a winner. Is it a modern entry? It's like? a modern entry. Molly Sterling. No. No? Who? It's Ryan O'Shaughnessy. Really? Wow. Okay. Place. Yeah. That's a shock. And we have the most incredible, <laughs> the most incredible fifth place. There's three songs <laughs> and Connor and I are both going to lose our minds okay. at the three fifth places. <laughs> not prepared Are ready? <laughs> Linda Martin Terminal 3 Of course 
Nikki Joe Hart, we've got oh the world. Leslie Roy maps. Ah, that's a nice. I like that top Isn't eight. That a like, great top five. Yeah, top like, five. That's classic, like Eurovision having like eight entries yeah. squished into the top five. Um, that was swiftly followed by Jedward Lipstick, Ryan Dolan, Harpy Casey Smith playing with numbers, and Brooke were all a joint six. Wow. And then other entries which got votes but didn't quite make the top six were Sean Dunphy, if I could choose. Kill and Grawl got a very vote. Nice, very nice. To see it. Swarbriggs, it's nice to be in love again. Mm-hmm. Liam Riley, somewhere in Europe. Yeah. Linda Martin, why me? Didn't do that well. No. Eddie Friel, Dream in 1995. Nikki Byrne, Sunlight. And Brendan Murray dying to try oh, got God. a vote. So that was the result <laughs> of our official poll. Thank you to everybody for voting. It has been a really fun time in the Irish Eurovision scene of late, hasn't it, Connor? It's been absolutely amazing. We're just coming off the back of a long weekend. If you can hear Ireland. it in our voices. <laughs> yeah. It was Halloween. It was dressing up time, wasn't it? Yes, it was. My Where fellow Linda Martin. Uh, <laughs> Luinda Martin beside me here. <laughs> so if you follow our Instagram, you will see uh, that Connor and I, along with lots of our other Irish Eurovision friends, attended Eurobash mm-hmm. uh, in Dublin City Centre and... And we dressed up as a little duo, <laughs> none other than Linda Martin, Terminal 3. And I have to be specific and say it was the Terminal yeah, 3. Yeah, it was, not, not just any Linda Martin. My costume was specific. I had a boarding pass, yeah. just to prove it. And you had signs and a trophy. Yes, and everything. Connor, you also had trophies because... I was Mr. Johnny Logan. Just vague Johnny Logan, no specific one, you know. Um, but yeah, no, it was a great night. And thank you to Jonathan for organising it. And also, guys, there's plenty more coming up in the Irish scene. So make sure that you sign up for OJE Ireland. Um, the new president, Frank, is doing an amazing job. And there's sure to be more Eurobashes across the country. So make sure you sign up and you don't miss a future one. Because we're Not just in Dublin, there. guys. All over the country. All it's going to be amazing. Country. It's going to yeah. be great. Special shout out to Alex and Matthew who won Best Costume <laughs> and have gone viral online <laughs> as Cornelia Jacobs and the Green Circles. So well done to you guys. Very it iconic. was a great night. But yeah, mm-hmm. make sure you guys don't miss a future one. Should we get stuck into the next episode? Let's go! Woohoo! So, as we know, the United Kingdom will be hosting the next Eurovision Song Contest on behalf of Ukraine. And we decided to look back at the UK's entries since they joined in the contest. And we're going to share our top three from myself and Louise. And also some of you, your faves that you sent in to us on social media as well. So we're going to kick it off. Connor, my kick first us off. One. First year top three. Go on my now. F- first of my top three. It's a really hard one, but I think we're going to go with 1996. Ooh, uh, Just a Little Bit by Gina G. such a bop I absolutely love this song so so much it's a weird one because you wouldn't think it's a Eurovision entry because it has that kind of cultural reference like I saw it in Dairy Girls a couple of years ago like I think people it was only this know, season it was in this Dairy season. Girls I nearly screamed at my TV I was like that's Eurovision <laughs> it's mad though it's just one of those songs that just sounds so 90s and the performance is absolutely gas like I don't obviously if you watch it guys you'll see the computers on stage because the rule of still having instruments that are used in the song is still relevant so they had to have all these just random big PC monitors on the on the stage 
Um, it only came eight, which is quite surprising, but it's one of those entries that didn't do brilliantly, but, you know, still is so significant to this day. So that is going to start off my top three. That is an absolute bop. Excellent, excellent choice, Connor. I feel like that's one I also love. Didn't quite make my top three. I don't know, is that because I knew you were going to talk about it? <laughs> and also, I know it's a super loved one, but like, mm. that is a classic. And I'm sorry, she came eighth? Yeah. Europe, are you well? <laughs> are you all right? That's an absolute bop of a song. Um, Meg got in touch on Twitter to say she gave it her all and should have been a runaway winner. Now, I mean, we're talking 1996, so I don't know if Connor and I will fully agree because, you know, <laughs> Emer Quinn, the legend. Queen in the voice. No, Gina G is surely one of, one of the UK's best and is definitely a really loved one by the fans. Burns um, on Instagram got in contact to say many 60s songs Spaceman Ooh Just a Little Bit which she goes on to say was very big in America uh, Where Are You Love Shine a Light and Children of the Universe but interesting that it was big in America I never knew that mm, I think it was worldwide uh, we had somebody getting in touch on Twitter to say Gina G is my favourite however Jessica Garlic's 2002 entry is special to me as it was my first Eurovision I love hearing stuff like that. Yeah, you know, things that why get you got into Eurovision and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, the nostalgia is super important, I think, for a lot of us as fans when it comes to Eurovision, you know. Lee on Instagram, hi Lee, says, Ooh, uh, just a little bit slaps and was robbed. I think we can concur, Connor, can't we? Definitely, definitely, yeah, 100%. Okay, for the first of my top three, everyone, I'm going to take it back a little bit from 1996 20 years to be exact Mm -hmm. brotherhood of man (laughs) save your kisses for me kisses for me save all your kisses for me bye bye baby that entry I just think it's so cute I think when you look at Brotherhood of Man and that entry I just often think that's just something the UK in the 20th century did incredibly well in Eurovision that kind of mixed group male and female catchy chorus very good choreography fun outfits very like happy clappy there's a lot of that in the UK's Mm -hmm. repertoire actually at Eurovision and it's kind of a timeless song it's still one that a lot of people of different generations reference and it's just it's it's really cute it's one I can't help but sing and dance along with and you know I have two little nieces and obviously I'm mad about them like you know to me they're the cutest little girls in the world and you know one's older than three now one is three and and um, that line at the end even though you're only three like I'll always sing that song to them and then I'll do that little part and like we'll have a little fun little giggle around it um but I just love that the song's about a three-year-old it's just so cute um so yeah Brotherhood of Man that is a big one for me one of their best winners as well definitely it's a nice choice Mm-hmm. Um, right. I love their performance from a couple of years ago. It was the anniversary special that they did. I think it was the 60th anniversary that the BBC did. And it was great to see that, yes, they've aged, obviously, because it's, it's, you know, 20 odd years later, but they still bring the energy to the song, the cute little dance moves that they do. And yeah, really, really sweet entry. I, I like your I like your choice. Not far you. off of my top three anyway. It's a very timeless one. You know, it's one that people definitely still love. 
Uh, Connor, I just want to shout out a, a different one to Brotherhood of Man and another one uh, from the 90s, 1998, in fact, one of the UK's many runner-ups, <laughs> which they have 16, we should add. Um, Imani, where are you? So many people on Twitter are shouting that out. Uh, John, for instance, has said this one, we should have got the double in 98. There is a lot of love for Imani out there. I feel like nearly every second or third person on Twitter getting back <laughs> was uh, mentioning Imani. It's still a really, really loved entry for a lot of UK fans. Neil Davis on Twitter also got in touch to say he loves Where Are You? Caitlin on Twitter has also mentioned Where Are You Now? As has Dean on Twitter. There is an awful lot of love out there for Where Are You? from 1998. So we're now moving to the 90s for my second choice. It is 2020 artists came together to sing the song across Zoom and it was such a poignant kind of video message to Europe at the time when there was so much uncertainty in the world. Um, for me, it took on a completely different meaning because of COVID and of course in Ireland there's a, an event for raising awareness for mental health uh, called Darkness into Light and during the time in 2020 when we couldn't actually go and do these kind of events and walks across parks and beaches people were lighting candles and shining lights in their windows just to keep the, the message going when we couldn't go out and I was trying to look for a song to post during the time and I used uh, Love Shine a Light just because of the message of everyone coming together, brothers and sisters, in every little part, shine a light. It was just a really nice message. So ever since then, it's kind of just has a special place in my heart now. You know, that special in 2020 wasn't brilliant, but I think out of that, everything that came from that special, that video of the 2020 artist, that's something we have and we'll always cherish, I think. But yeah, that's that's why 1997 is a special song for me in my in my eyes. God, Connor, why did you have to bring up that 2020 special like that? <laughs> I remember at the time that was just... You couldn't watch it for ages, couldn't you? You were... Awful. No, I watched it. I was just sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like sat down and was like, this is supposed to be the night of your vision. But anyway, it's such a lovely song, isn't it? It's yeah. just, there's, there's great hope in it. There's great joy in it. And... She won in Dublin too. Kieran mm-hmm. so. on Twitter has messaged us to say his favourite is Katrina and the Waves from 1997. And I love what he says here. He says, every single time it gives me goosebumps, such an anthemic song and the trumpets from the RTE concert orchestra was the icing on the cake. This was the entrance song at mine and Rob's wedding too. Wow, Isn't that's that a lovely so message. I want to be at that wedding. <laughs> that sounds fun. We also have Melissa on Instagram. She just mentions Love Shine a Light. That's simple as just Love Shine a Light is one of her favourite entries. That's definitely a really loved one. Definitely. It's really up there, I think, for a lot of fans. And of course, the UK's last winner as well. So I say a lot of people hold that entry in a special place in their heart. Yeah, yeah. It went to Birmingham the following year and it's been a while since the UK won. 
they came super close this year of course Sam Ryder legend there has been so much Sam Ryder love on our socials I can't even begin to tell you uh we have Liv pal the pod hi Liv from Phoenix how are you Liv has said has to be spaceman closely followed by I can and better the devil you know Going back to talk about Sam, Liv says, Sam was the best representative we could have asked for and I felt like the BBC listened to us and gave us something so reflective of our industry. I still can't believe it was our entry. (laughs) MJ also agrees with Liv, saying it might be a basic choice, but Spaceman, not only because it came second, but it's a rare example of us getting everything right. The song, vocals, staging and a great ambassador in Sam to boot. I can still get emotional when I think of the first time I saw it. So much love for Sam Ryder. Declan Burke mentioning Sam Ryder on our socials. Um, just to kind of echo what MJ was mentioning there, you know, I'm not going to lie. I really like Spaceman. I really like Sam. I've always liked the song and him all the way through the season. But as an Irish fan, this year, I couldn't really hop on board with the hype that was there for the UK not because I didn't want to and I didn't want them to do well I just think in our little corner of Europe we just flop so much and it's very hard to believe any hype that Mm -hmm. comes Ireland's way or the UK's way because we're just so used to disappointment not qualifying in our case or sitting near the bottom of the board in the UK's case and I remember sitting on the Eurovision Hub live stream with Sandra, with Danny, with Iago, and we were watching the the first kind of broadcast rehearsals that fan press could see. Uh, and we were watching Spaceman and I just remember crying, like just tears in my eyes of of happiness, of that guitar solo from Sam. Like that could that could have been a Eurovision winning moment, you know? Um I think Sam Ryder in Eurovision 2022, that performance, you didn't feel like you were at Eurovision because we saw it live, yeah. right, in the jury final and we watched it obviously too. It was like being at Sam Ryder's concert and that's the way it was with Callie Shorkstra, that's the way it was with Chanel and that's the way it was, I believe, with Cornelia. Yeah, I was just going to so say. it makes total sense that they were the top four because to me, they all could have won. On another night, mm-hmm. Sam could have won. On another night, Chanel could have won. Unbelievable stuff. And Sam's not even in either of our top three. No. But I think we could talk and talk and talk about him. Like, what a bloody great guy. But just going back to what you said there, even after you saw the rehearsal, I remember watching on the live stream and talking to you afterwards, you were still saying, I actually don't know how well this will do because you still have that in the back of your mind of saying, oh, we've seen it so so many times. Entries flop. You just just can never judge it. And it was so, so good to see, you know, watching it together then, see Sam do well. And it was 12 points, 12 points, 12 points. Then to come Remember second. The, we got points. We got points. We got like, points. I was like, oh. Like, it's so good to see that, you know, stereotypical, the UK will never do well at Eurovision again. Ireland will never. You know, they broke that this year. They broke UK it. UK fans must feel incredibly vindicated. Like, I can't imagine how happy they must feel. If it were me, I would be so smug. Like, <laughs> literally, nobody can throw the silly nonsense at them anymore of politics, blah, 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 blah. Like, they came second. And they smashed it. They won the jury vote. Like, hello. They can do it. Anyone can do well in the contest. We can do well. There's there's no reason why any one country can't do well. 
just going back there on what you said about watching him get points live and going, we got points. Harry got in contact with us. He was in the arena on the on the night of the final. He said, Spaceman, amazing song. And watching him get points live will give me memories I'll never forget. We also have Keen on Instagram that said, Spaceman, brilliant song. And Sam is a great guy. A lot of love for Sam. A lot of love for Sam. Moving on from Sam, uh, a bit of a rock guy. We'll go to the next song that's in my top three. And that's called Rock Bottom. Rock Bottom. We got a remedy. Why don't we run it up? Start it again. With sympathy. Oh, I get it. Harmony. You said it. Where are we? Rock Bottom. Run it up. Start it again. Rock Bottom. 1977. Mike Moran and Lindsay DePaul. Where are we? Rock bottom. <laughs> Just to go back to Ireland and Eurovision. Connor, where are we? Rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say this. I was going to say this is literally a duet me and you will do at the next Eurobash or something. Dress up as Linda and Johnny. Literally. Where are we? Rock, Rock bottom. bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Tragedy. We Rock got bottom. a... <laughs> This song is so like they just have fantastic chemistry together. The two pianos beside each other, the similar outfits, the like sass and the attitude. I'm really into that. I'm currently taking applications for a karaoke partner. <laughs> uh, if anybody wants to do that with me, Connor, you're more than welcome to apply. No pressure though. Um, this would be a great candidate for the Terminal Three musical I spoke about in the oh. last episode. I'll learn it on the piano, especially. I'll dress up. Uh, oh, it's just such a fun, catchy song. Real punchy, loads of attitude. Very catchy. Very easy to sing along and learn the lyrics. And I I think they should have won. I think they were, they were a bit... Is that wrong. another second place, yeah. yeah? Yeah, another second place. And yeah, that could have been a fantastic winner for them. The UK has sent many good entries, says Ren or Renee, I believe, on Twitter. But my favourite is either Rock Bottom, 77, or Go, 1988. That came second, I believe, to Celine Dion. So there is no shame in coming second to Miss Celine Dion, may I just say. An honourable mention, they also say, to Better the Devil You Know, 93, for introducing me to the 20th ESE. Another person said on Instagram, Nathan Cassidy, just said congratulations. It's another song that... As I said earlier, you uh, just a little bit, you wouldn't think it's a Eurovision song because it's had such a cultural kind of revolution in society. You know, people use that at celebrations all across the world. And um, yeah, it was another catchy tune, another great runner up by the UK, mm. of course. I know, hard to believe. Congratulations is one I would have loved to have, you know, squished into my top three. I just couldn't. Um, On a personal note, that's one that was always sang at, like family events of mine over the years my my two lovely grand aunties from Cork um would always sing it and it took me years to realize that one it was Cliff Richard and two it was a Eurovision song um can I also just shout out I'm gonna be a little bit controversial I love Cliff Richard's other yes. entry power to all. all our friends and the hand the just kind of stomping on the ground oh. and it's just real. He's brilliant. Um, Molly Owen 
on Twitter also talks about Cliff Richard in her tweet to us saying honestly I think it's congratulations it's a bop that was played at many family celebrations similar to me Molly his little dance is cute and he was robbed of his win my grand fancied him and she played his music <laughs> even now it's not Christmas without Cliff's festive tunes true. oh I love that very true uh, going back to go Scott Fitzgerald Duke of Preston on Twitter has said go Scott Fitzgerald 88 a brilliant ballad that was very in keeping of the time and was a very worthy runner up to Celine star filter hello to you on Twitter also says I can't decide between go and beg steal or borrow so I, I won't that. beg steal or borrow that's, that's another, another one. one that's a great um group one from the UK they just did that so well Mm -hmm. in the 20th century didn't they really did really did so we have reached the final entry for both of us in our top three Eurovision entries from the UK Connor what is the final song to make your top three well we're going a bit more modern because we've talked a lot about the older entries from the UK but I've chosen 2014's entry by Molly Smitten Danes it is Children of the Universe big move away from the BBC's kind of prior approaches because 2012 we had Engelbert Humperdinck we had 2013 was Bonnie Tyler so more of the older kind of classified entries you know what I mean in terms of like people who were kind of established within the music industry prior to Eurovision mm-hmm. Molly Smith and Danes was you know introduced through BBC Introducing which was a complete step in a new direction for them Pity they didn't carry it on in 2015, you know, because it did work really in 2014. There was a bit of a buzz about the entry. Didn't do quite as well as people would have thought at the contest, um, which was disappointing. But it's one of those entries that I think would have set the UK on the right tracks if they had continued the same approach, you know, in in years gone after 2014. But it's a really, really nice song. Stage really, really well. I would have probably changed it a tiny bit, but I think... You know, it was a step in the right direction for the UK at the time. And probably in my eyes, it was perhaps a missed opportunity on the BBC's end. Um, but, you know, Molly did great at the contest, She like vocally. Um, and as well in terms of, you know, being a new artist, not having any prior experience beforehand. To suddenly come on the Eurovision stage with her own song, with no prior experience of performing to a crowd and deliver a performance like that I thought it was brilliant and she even performed at Glastonbury um you know a couple of months after Eurovision so she was doing absolutely brilliant haven't heard a lot from her since though which is sad to see but I'm hope hope she's okay (laughs) hope Molly's doing well and I really really like that song and it's always an entry that will stick out in my mind from the UK so yeah that is my final entry from the UK in my top three it's a really good one Molly Smitten Downs for some reason it's just Maybe it just didn't fully translate. It just didn't work out on yeah. the night. Um, Sometimes it happens, you know. Yeah, I I do think she didn't. She seemed a little bit off, like her mannerisms while she was performing. But it was kind of a serious song, you mm-hmm. know, power to the people. So it wasn't one that was like happy, clappy, jolly Molly dancing around the stage. So that's probably 
what she needed to be doing. But yeah, it was just, it maybe it just didn't translate. You know, 17 plays, probably a little bit low, I would have thought. Um, Rob Lilly got in touch on Twitter from the Euro Trip podcast. Shout out to Rob. Love hey, you guys. Rob. Also, just James and Rob have been such legends with us starting this podcast. So They've been supportive. so supportive and so kind. And we love their podcast and always have. So big shout out to the guys. Rob tweeted us in relation to Children of the Universe. He says it was a great choice by the BBC in 2014. Often overlooked, but deserved a top 10 place in the final, according to Rob. And we had Rachel giving a hard agree to that on Twitter too. I think a lot of people feel that way, right? That kind of Molly was a little bit robbed. Yeah, I would agree. We also have Tommy who is a very good friend of the podcast on Instagram. He said, children of the universe, I really don't know why it flopped. And like you said, Lou, there, I think a lot of people thought it would do better than it did. But look, it's still a loved entry from many, many fans across Europe and beyond. Mm, The Balkan guy on Twitter has said, I can and children of the universe. I know Liv also got in touch uh, on Twitter about Blue I Can. She's a big fan of the boy bands. Uh, part of the podcast John has also said Blue I Can 2011 was a much better year for the UK and mm. Ireland right we had Blue and Jedward like really yeah. <laughs> and really good songs both of them you know and I believe Blue came 11th it was a pretty pretty good result for the and UK we came 8th sorry just had to drop that in there <laughs> we're here to talk about the UK sorry, Connor sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but no I um, there's been a lot of shout outs to Surrey 2018. Yes. Uh, Cheyenne has said on Twitter, I fell in love with it during UK You Decide. Just love the upbeat message of hope. We had another shout for Surrey. Uh, someone ha- on Twitter has said, I will never understand how this flopped. Can we also talk about how much of a legend Surrey is as mm-hmm. a person? How much of a queen she was with that awful stage invasion? It's Definitely. kind of a shame how, like, that's something that will always be spoken about in relation to her entry. She's one of those, and again, to talk about UK and Ireland together, we always send great personalities. Yes. And Siri's like a proper Eurovision fan. Yes. She's a pal of Ryland's. She's presented LEP. Mm-hmm. She's just like a great Eurovision personality. Someone Definitely. I have a lot of time for. Um, Interesting call on Twitter. Stevie has said, that sounds good to me. And then he's attached a gif of Salem the cat from Sabrina, the teenage witch, stirring the pot. Oh. With the caption stirring the pot. That sounds good to me. I wonder where Josh Bovey is now. You can find him. He's on Twitter. Oh, is he? Oh, is he active? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He had a little, um, kind of during lockdown, like 2020, he just landed back in the timeline and was like hello I'm here did a Q&A about Eurovision he he full on he did like a vlog but moving on <laughs> from that we have one more song yes Lou go on tell us your final entry into your top three and she's dancing lads she's dancing let's see where this is going I'll never give it up give it up da, 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 da. 1983 Sweet Dreams I'm never giving up call a bop oh my god it's so 80s the outfits are so much 
fun. It's so catchy. Again, another great contender for Terminal 3, the musical. <laughs> I'll do it as a one-woman performance if no one wants to with me. Um, I love the bit where they like slide off the stools and then there's a key change. <laughs> iconic can you get and once again a great example of the UK sending a really fun group entry that just was their brand for a long time and it's what they did really well at Eurovision um super 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 performance I'm a big fan and I think actually we had quite a lot of people what tweeting people in said, and um, never giving up we have Pete Minch on Instagram who says, I, just simply, I'm never giving up from 1983. We also had Hello Euro Party saying the exact same thing. Sweet Dreams never giving up with a party emoji. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good one. It's just pure 80s. Like, it's pure danceable, fun, can't go wrong with, you know, wearing workout clothes on stage <laughs> and Throwing jumping around and... Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that would be a top choice for me. We've had a lot of other ones mentioned again online from you guys. Uh, Declan has also mentioned Engelbert Humperdinck for him for the UK. Now, while that wouldn't be my choice, I think Bonnie Tyler was a bit robbed in 2013. I agree. I, I love, love that, that song. <laughs> Believe in, in me. Yeah. yeah. Like, she was the only person to use like the rising turntable yeah. <laughs> That's a great karaoke song, you yeah. know. I'm all about karaoke songs. Ebony has said Electro Velvet. Oh, Jesus. I have a few favourites, but Evie deserves a mention. Wasn't everyone's cup of tea? But it was a fun song sung by great and positive ambassadors who didn't deserve the abuse that they got. I mean, I have to agree with that. No one everything. deserves abuse. No, they were just representing their country. They were just having fun. People need to take it easy. It's a song. And it didn't come last. That's the main thing as well. I know. Mm. It was Germany that year. Yeah. And I loved Black Smoke. Mm. Another conversation for another day. Definitely. Uh, It's My Time has come up a little bit. Yes. Uh, Anne-Marie Stan on Twitter has said it's probably got to be It's My Time. I'm still so obsessed with Jade's performance. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, of course, being on the stage. Very, very iconic. Uh, Top five result for the UK. A lot of people loving that one. Another one which we haven't mentioned, Connor, and I know so many UK Euro fans in particular love Lucy Jones. Mm-hmm. A, lot a lot of, of love people. For Lucy Jones. Alex, who's a friend of the podcast, Lucy Jones slayed into oblivion, underrated legend. We also have Pierce saying, Never give up on you by Lucy Jones. A lovely, big, powerful ballad. But yeah, a lot of love for Lucy Jones. Another one that perhaps is a bit underrated in terms of results wise from the contest it was a beautiful stunning performance from lucy on the night i know a lot of people's critique with that song is her facial expressions and that it was very very musical theater and i can see how maybe that put people off but then at the same time there's musical theater ish songs which have done well at eurovision mm-hmm. so i don't know why that would have done yeah what, what was lucy jones what Am I correct? 17th, I think. 15th. 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 That's quite low. In I would have said a, top what, 10. What would you have said, like, in you know 2017, what would have been a weaker year compared to others, some may argue? I loved 2017. Really? I would say, like, compared to, you know, 2016. I know Salvador ran away with it, but there was some great, like, you had Christian Kostov, you had mm. Ochi Gantelli's Garma. Yeah. Yeah. Just compared to, you know, 2016, 2018, mm. even 2019, you know, it was in that bundle of 
perhaps maybe a weaker Eurovision out of the few of them. But, mm. um, you yeah, know, I think Lucy probably would have been robbed of a top 10 finish. I would agree. Yeah, she probably was. Eurovision. So everybody, we told you that we had a special guest coming on to join us on the podcast. We would like to extend a warm welcome to a very important person in terms of Liverpool's successful bid for Eurovision 2023, Councillor Harry Doyle. He's also the Assistant Mayor of Liverpool. Harry, thank you for coming on the podcast. Welcome on the pod. Hello. I'm happy. I'm happy and made up to be on the podcast. It's probably even busier now that you know you're in it, right? Like it probably your work hasn't probably gone away. It's probably doubled. <laughs> oh God, yeah. I mean, getting getting us to this point was was tough. Don't get me wrong, but obviously the delivery of Eurovision is you know it's huge. It's, it's a huge event for the city. We don't take things like this lightly as well. We we love our events we love to do things well but then there's that added extra layer for us in terms of doing it right and doing ukraine justice so um and that's what it was always about for us so there's a huge huge pressure but if anyone could deliver it it is our culture core team and and the the connections that we've got and, and the relationship that we've built with ukraine and, and our sister city odessa and the bbc it's just going to be absolutely amazing but yes yes a lot of hard work you mentioned there that odessa is of course the twin city of liverpool we should just mention we're calling you from another twin city of Liverpool, which is Dublin. <laughs> I, I, so I thought that was going to be the case. I <laughs> love Dublin. Well, my family, they, they are Irish, hence Doyle, not far from Dublin. And I absolutely love my friends and family in Ireland. So, yes, I thought you might be calling from Dublin. I think we feel the same way about Liverpool. Yeah. Like Scousers and Irish, there's a very similar, similar values there. Yes, yeah, so we always say the Scousers. Practically, it's hard to meet a scouser who doesn't have Irish ancestry in the family. <laughs> so, Harry, you touched on it there with the selection process. So can you just tell us a bit about it and how does, you know, a city decide to submit a bid for Eurovision? Well, there's informal chats and then there's formal chats. So I, I remember I was literally watching Eurovision. I had a little Eurovision party this year and we were watching along and Sam Ryder obviously was doing amazing and we were winning the, the jury vote, of course. We came top and I messaged our director of culture, Claire McColgan. When, when we were top of the leaderboard, I was like, oh my goodness, this could come to the UK. We've got to put Liverpool forward. And of course, you know, Ukraine came forward as I expected, actually, because I mean, I, I loved their performance anyway and their song, but it, it was it was quite touching and fitting as well. But when the EBU announced, obviously, that Ukraine wouldn't be able to host because of, of the war, we, and, and it'd be, it would be the BBC in the UK, straight away, you know, we said, okay. We've got to do this. We've got to do this for Odessa and, and for the city as well. As you, know, what I said before, we love events in the city and it, it's just such, it's not an opportunity you can pass by. I mean, at the end of the day, 21 cities put themselves forward for this and, you know, there's a reason for that. So, so yes, lots of informal conversations before we even put the bid in. But And then the actual process itself, which, which was obviously staged in terms of uh, the initial expression of interest and then the, all the formalities. So, again, a lot of hard work and a lot of sweat and tears. But 
we got there. So, and it was worth it. You mentioned there, Harry, your team and culture Liverpool and Claire McColgan. Can you tell us a bit more about the team behind the bit? So I'm, I'm the political aspect of things. and and But we've got amazing, amazing officers at uh, Liverpool City Council. And as a council, we've invested hugely uh, over the years in, in culture in particular. We, had, we were European uh, capital culture, of course, back in 2008. So it's a huge part of what we do as a city. And Claire McColgan uh, is our director of culture, and she is just—I mean, I, I, some, I'm, I'm the—I'm the politician, and yet I'm always in awe of the fact that I, I work, I get to work with Claire. She's, you know, she's known not only nationally but internationally. She's got an MBE. You know, she's she's just amazing. And then the core bidding team, and it was—it was all in house. I want to, you know, put that out there. Everything about our bid was all in house, and we had two officers in particular from our team, so Pip uh, and Robin, who were just absolutely amazing and they and they worked you know what it's not nine to five for them they literally worked around the clock to pull this off they they, they were absolutely fantastic you know it is an award in the team as I say, we know how to run events. We delivered the events research program uh, coming out of COVID for the government. So I think government knew as well that we, you know, we have the capability to do this. And I think the BBC obviously felt confident in that as well. And so, yeah, I mean, the, the team behind, and it's not just Pip and, uh, and Pip and uh, Robin. There's a whole host of members of that team who are going to be absolutely crucial in delivering Eurovision. But also, what I will say is that it wasn't just, you know, us at the City Council wanting to bring Eurovision. It was genuinely a whole city team effort. So, you know, the hoteliers, the business owners, you know, the airport, the combined authorities, everybody, and most importantly, our residents and people who wanted to come to Liverpool. It was a, it's just the whole process of the bid felt like a buzz even before we won. It was just, it was a great thing to be a part of. Stressful, but a great thing to be a part of. And it really did just bring so much joy, even through the process. So obviously we know Liverpool has won. So set the scene for us. How did you find out? Where were you? What were you doing? And what was your reaction when you saw Graham Norton pull out the envelope and it said Liverpool 2023? I was absolutely gutted because I actually was not in Liverpool for the announcement. I was actually, so I, I was on holiday. <laughs> and a planned holiday I had it like booked over a year ago uh, I was actually sat believe it or not in a service station off Interstate 90 in New York State and we found out about 40 minutes before the actual announcement so I was uh, having I was had a conversation with Claire uh, McColgan um, and they're about to go into a meeting with the BBC and I just said listen I need to get back on the interstate can you just let me know just put Y or N yes or no on a WhatsApp as soon as you find out in this meeting because I need to carry on driving and the next thing the Y came through and I literally so this was before obviously it was known widely I literally just I froze in the service station and burst out crying because I Aww. couldn't react even though I was surrounded, I was in the US and I was surrounded by probably mostly American citizens and they, you know, well, some of them still might watch Eurovision. I know many of them do, actually. It was, I couldn't react. It was all embargoed and I was just <laughs> burst out crying and a guy on the table sort of, I think it was to the right of me, 
just sort of looked over and said, said are you okay? And I was just like, yeah, I'm fine. It's positive. <laughs> <laughs> um, but <laughs> I think he must have thought I was a bit deranged. But no, and then I got back on the interstate to carry on driving. And I thought, no, I can't miss this moment. I want to watch it on TV. I want to see the reaction. And so I come off the, the interstate again to another um, service station. I've got to say, this is, it probably is the best service station I think I've ever been to in my life. It was in the most beautiful setting ever. I couldn't, I thought, we'll get it up on BBC, like online. And of course, we can't watch BBC in the US. So you, could, you couldn't watch the one show. So I was like, oh God. So I got my sister to FaceTime me and I watched it via FaceTime. So I thought, <laughs> I've got to find a way to watch it. But I got there in the end. I got there in the end. Um, but yeah, but the reaction in the city, uh, I mean, I, my phone just blew up. Uh, just, you know, phone calls, messages, all sorts, Twitter, everything. And just watching the videos of people at home, you know, the reactions of people in pubs and clubs, it was just amazing. And even my dad, my dad's 66. And I've got to say, and I completely disagree with him, uh, you know, he doesn't watch Eurovision, probably couldn't tell me much about it at all. He'll definitely watch it next year, but he knows I love it. And he said, he calls he calls this his old man WhatsApp chat. So he's got all his old pals on there. <laughs> and and apparently his WhatsApp blew up as well. And so all all the scousers, all the, the older scousers, whether they like your vision or not, were just absolutely buzzing for the city. It was just the atmosphere. Even though I was miles and miles away, I could feel it from from up, I could feel home from the states. It was amazing. That's incredible. And I think that pride for Liverpool is definitely something we can sense even just online, you know, from from people from Liverpool. And of course, as you've mentioned, Harry, you know, Ukraine within this bid has been so important and Odessa, your twin city. And, you know, even coming up when it was Glasgow and Liverpool were the final two standing. And when we saw, you know, that video from the deputy uh, mayor of Odessa uh, speaking about um, Liverpool and how Liverpool could really represent Odessa and Ukraine. I found that very touching. I, I imagine a very important part of the bid for Liverpool. And I know within your bid, you set out some of the ways in which you hope to uh, represent Ukraine, uh, you know, hosting Ukraine's party at your house, as it were, as, as Sam Ryder yes. said. Um, can you tell us a bit more about how you hope that will happen in 2023? Can I first of all just say, actually, it genuinely was a really emotional part for us, actually. And I remember during that bidding process, and quite actually a bit emotional remembering this, actually, I had a meeting over Zoom with the Deputy Mayor of Odessa, and it was actually postponed twice because they were being shelled and the city was under attack. And when we met with, with the Deputy Mayor of Odessa and, and their Heads of Culture Department as well uh, for, for the city of Odessa, it was just so heartwarming as well. Uh, you know, I, everything they're going through at the moment, and yet they wanted to support us and they wanted to be a part of this because, you know, all, as you say, ultimately this, and, and as Sam Ryder said, it genuinely is their party and this should be taking place in Ukraine. And I think even now there are some Ukrainians, and of course, rightfully, devastated that, you know, they're not able to host this next year. And so in, in Liverpool, we genuinely want them to feel that this is theirs. This genuinely is theirs. It's their win. Again, it's just 
in our house. And so, yeah, we've got a whole programme of activity, which we're still developing as well. You know, next week we've got a meeting with, we've got over 250 stakeholders signed up to attend. But, you know, some of the things that are coming up already that we've already looked at is the, you know, around Easter time, for example, we've got, we've got an Easter egg hunt, but it's traditional, uh, in traditional style of of, um, of Ukraine. We've got also artist exchanges planned. So, you know, exchanging artists from the city of Odessa and, and working with Ukrainians in, in the UK to, to really highlight their culture in the city. And so there's there's a couple of things that we've got in the bag already, but there's still a lot that we're wanting to develop at the moment as well. I do know Mayor Trukhanov as well from the city of Odessa is, is, come, is hoping to come over to Liverpool in the next few weeks to be a part of those discussions. But yes, it, as I say, it's, it's a huge part of that. I, I know the BBC are really keen to stress that as well. That message is really important for them. So yeah, there's going to be a big focus on, on Ukrainian identity and culture in the city. It, it's got to be special. It's really got to be special. And, and the local Ukrainian refugee support group in, in the city are, are going to be part of, of all of our discussions. And, and they've, they've got so many ideas of things they want to do. And so we just, we want to do all that we can to make that happen. That's great to hear. And like you were saying, you know, Ukraine, it was Ukraine's win. So it's great to see that Ukraine is still a vocal point of, of you know, Liverpool's um, you know, contests, you know, that you're hosting. And it's great to see. We, of course, are going next year. We're dying for it. We can't wait to go to it. Um, so can you give us one or two tips for anyone who is planning to travel to Liverpool next May? Wow. I, do I always forget? I'm probably going to get asked this question. And I've got to be very careful because then I end up upsetting some people that I've not mentioned <laughs> uh, and some places. My top tips for you would be, and for everybody who's coming to Liverpool, I think, first of all, is to remember that actually you know we are one of the big uk cities but when you're here i think you'll it's very walkable particularly the city center of course it's very walkable so there's nowhere you can't go when you come to liverpool so whether you're arriving by train in lime street or whether you're arriving by air you know in liverpool john Lennon airport or, or even through manchester the, the when you come into the city center it is very walkable and so whether you're going to i mean my my source in neck of the woods i suppose is is the victoria street area and St. stanley street area which is the um, Pride Quarter. Um, you know, it's absolutely bustling there. A big shout out to Superstar Boudoir and and uh, the Lisbon and Heaven Till Seven. Um, so, but there's there's other areas of the city as well. Like um, one of my all-time favourites actually is the Baltic area so the Baltic Triangle which you know a couple of years ago was absolutely you know, there's nothing there essentially but now there's lots of independent venues um, which are you know at the Camp and Fairness for example you've got to go there uh, I could talk all night about places you could go to but there's plenty <laughs> there's plenty to do eat see and love and so many attractions I think whether you're not whether you're a fan or you're not of the Beatles for example it is a huge part of our culture as well you know have a little you know got the beetle statue on the waterfront which of course is going to be the Yora village so uh, you'll definitely see that and there's just there's just so much to do my last thing i would say though uh, when you're over in liverpool is if you get the chance please try and find the time 
to visit areas outside the city centre as well because we've got some beautiful, beautiful parks. So Sefton Park, for example, but also Croxteth Hall and Country Park. We've got some amazing, beautiful places here in this city. So have a look and all, you can always visit and we'll have lots of updates on there uh, for people coming for Eurovision. Visit liverpool.com. And of course, please embrace, please embrace everything that we've put forward and that we do for, for Ukraine as well because it, it's just going to be a massive buzz. You're going to have a ball. So find the time. Obviously, you know, if, if you do drink and you get drunk, whatever like that, that's absolutely fine. You're here to have a good time. But also remember, try and not be um, hungover too much because and you need to enjoy the city as well. <laughs> so try to do that. Some top advice there for lots of our Irish listeners yeah. out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking of me family. <laughs> Harry, you've done an amazing job selling Liverpool. I want to go now, actually. Yeah, we go, we get, we'll go in the morning, yeah. Harry, it's been amazing to talk to you. And just before you go, I'm dying to ask you a question because it's kind of one of the other main topics of this episode. We're discussing all things UK entries in Eurovision, of which there are many great ones. And you yes. seem like quite the Eurovision fan yourself. Do you have a yes. favourite entry from the UK for yeah. Eurovision? You're going to hate me, though. You are going to hate me for this. It's actually my first year of watching Eurovision. And I love everything camp. And I love, I love, I'm an aviation geek. So I'll that's a clue. Well, who do you think? Aviation, camp. We're flying <laughs> all over the world. That's a great song. Yeah, it is. Okay, I think it's a great but, song. But <laughs> it is. But a shout out as well, though, to the amazing Sonia. So she obviously she was 1992. I was born in 1996. So uh, it was before my time, but she's a, a scouse and she did an amazing job for us. She came second and she's been an absolutely uh, amazing support and flag bearer for Liverpool during the process as well. So a massive shout out to Sonia. Shout out to Sonia. Shout out to Scooch. Scooch and Sonia. And there'll be plenty of Sonia cutouts as well. We're hoping around the city. Ooh, lovely. As well. <laughs> like a Sonia hunt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Harry, thank you so, so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. And we'll see you. See you in May. See you in Liverpool. You will. Oh, thank you for having me. And we can't wait to literally... Liverpool cannot wait to welcome everyone that comes. You'll get a warm welcome. We're so excited. We should have a quick chat because I told Connor before we recorded this podcast, I said, Connor, can I put six in my top three? <laughs> and he looked at me like I had six heads. Um, not it would have been a four hour podcast. Please say. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I am, lads. I love to chat. Um, no, seriously, I actually really like a lot of UK entries, but they tend to be ones from before the 90s, like mm-hmm. before I was around. And I want to shout out to a super early one, 1961, the Allison's are you sure i love that one the kind of call and response very catchy very easy to sing along with probably a bit ahead of its time for 61 Mm -hmm. you know quite a good pop track and a really good one for its time one i do enjoy listening to when it comes on esc radio and other places any that come to mind for you for me it would be 1959 sing little birdie sing Oh. It reminds me of my granddad a lot, like that little oh. like din, 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 that kind of ring a ding ding, you know, from like fifties, sixties. Yeah, I really like it. Um, a more modern one then. I would that's their first say. runner up too. Yeah, exactly. It's mm. only second entry as well, and finishing yeah. second. Like my god, um, amazing. Um, my other one would be nineteen eighty one books fizz making your mind up. We never really talked about it, that. Yeah. yeah, of course a winner as well. Um, just so iconic, making your mind at the dress reveal or the skirt <laughs> reveal, getting ripped off. Like just a little 
legendary entry and I think it's one of those ones that will go down in Eurovision history like you'll never forget it I know we didn't really talk about it but like you'll never forget mm. it it's just such a good entry but yeah any others for you Alan then? mentioned books Fizz on Twitter I should just say she said the song makes me unbelievably happy and puts me in the best mood another song that I love which is from 1975 The Shadows Let Me Be The One which actually was Cliff Richard's band but he wasn't in the band in, yeah. for this particular entry but I love that one it's very like the Beatles like that and I, I'm a big fan of the Beatles so it has that kind of sound to it which I really like Um, and the Shadows did actually get shouted out on our Twitter as well by Ellie King which was good to see mm-hmm. any others that come to mind for you? Back like back to the seventies, Clodagh um, Rogers with mm. Jack in the Box, another one of those up tempo proper UK entries. You know, it's only Jack in the Box. Very like Free. Puppet on a String. Yeah, that's yeah. just uplifting song. Really like it. Nineteen seventy four. I think we have to mention Olivia Newton John. Of course, oh, pa- sadly passed away this year. Uh, long live love. But yeah, another great entry from the UK. Anyway, Scooch. Yes, Scooch. My God. We're flying the flag <laughs> all over the world <laughs> on our Ryanair flight Is this the UK's Liverpool? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry for interrupting that, my God. I didn't know you were going there. That's it. Also in the Terminal 3 musical. Yes. Do you think this is like the UK's Dustin? Yeah. In a way, do you know what I mean? Should be appreciated. More. Yeah. It's a bit of crack, like. Probably didn't help them in the <laughs> long run. But sure, isn't it a bit of a laugh? Bit of a laugh, bit you know. Bit of a laugh. Um, another one, Daz Simpson, Teenage Life. I know a lot of people mentioned what? it on. <laughs> Did you learn at school today? That's what the teachers used to say. Oh, my oh God. I'm singing now. <laughs> mid naughty's beauty. Uh, um, it shouldn't be so catchy, but no. it is. Yeah. And it's such and a random song for Eurovision, you know what I mean? Like, I know there's no... a bit weird too, yeah, not just like a bit... <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I can't make it not bang. Yeah, true, you know? true, true. <laughs> <laughs> Any other modern ones from recent years that you would say probably would be a bit Ooh. underrated? Oh, Joan Jake, we're so cute. Mm. You're not alone. We're I in this together. <laughs> what? I wish I was. <laughs> I don't like that song at all, but oh, I appreciate your, your taste. That's a cute one. Um... Poor old James Newman. We haven't talked about him. Yeah. He doesn't... Like, Ember is, is not their worst entry. By no. Him. And, like, statistically, he is because he got double zeros. And that's very sad, I yeah. think, Connor. And he was a great ambassador for the UK, I think, as well. Like, he did embrace Eurovision. Yeah. Um, he was so nice to the fans. He was so sound. He honestly tried his best. Look, the station was not good. No. But his reaction... <laughs> what a legend. Yeah, like, he took it on the chin. As, that's all you could like if you don't laugh you'll cry exactly so fair play to him and as well like it's so hard for those 2021 artists that came back from 2020 oh, to yeah. come back with another song to give it another go when technically you know that was you know my last breath would have been his entry mm, and then to go away too, I think. yeah like to go away and have to rewrite a song you know actually to say I'm going to come back and try again it takes yeah. a lot of guts so fair play to him and like you said didn't work out for him but I think he'll be remembered as 
Mm. And UK loved his song as well. Ember's like, that was doing well as Spotify after the concert. Love Island. Love Island, yeah. Mm. So like, it's not like people forgot it. I know. Within the UK. Michael Rice, another one who, brilliant voice. It's it's just a shame like he didn't have the better Jan Lundvik song. Yeah. Um, But he's got a great voice and yeah, I I feel for him as well that he probably didn't do as well as he would have liked to. But listen, Sam Ryder. Legend. I was looking at his Instagram today, lads. He is everywhere. He's done like these performances for the royal family. He's performed with Queen. He was doing this diving thing yesterday Mm -hmm. with Tom Daly. And then he literally was posting today, what's his name, Francis... Um, I can't say his surname you know the train spotting guy oh yes 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 from TikTok Francis Bourgeois or something yeah really like funny famous guy from TikTok is now doing a show with celebrities where they like talk about trains and they did some I think they went skydiving or something but Sam Ryder was doing with him he's just everywhere yeah and now he's going on a tour as well of Europe as well he's coming to Ireland next year as well so see you there in March like the Olympia come and say hi if you see us do do like it's mad and it's great to see you know it's it's fantastic to see a Eurovision artist do well after Eurovision like and it just shows you it's a testament to him the hard work that he's put into it and it's paid off and it just shows you to anyone who goes Eurovision isn't an avenue for for me Boo. Boo. <laughs> I was about to swear, but I won't. <laughs> I was talking to someone at Eurobash, another Irish fan, who made the point like, he's already made like 10 mil. Literally. Like. What British artist is going to now turn their nose up at Eurovision? Mm-hmm. Go and do it right. And you will have an insane amount of success. Work hard, put in your best song, put the best possible package together. Like, why would you not? Like, worst case scenario, you don't do super well, but like a couple you have, hundred what? million people still yeah. see you, you know? And as well, you probably have five million streams on your Spotify as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not... And of all the years as well, like, to be the host entry in the UK. Yeah, like, it's... Although I saw a funny tweet on the timeline recently. What, like, combine the UK's look with the host entry curse. Mm. What's going to happen this year? I hope <laughs> they do well. Honestly, I do. No, I have a good feeling about them, you know? I think... If they put the same effort as they did last year in, which of course they are, because it's home ground. They, yeah, it's, you know, the UK won't show up with crap to their own country. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're not going to say. UK send... and Ukraine are going to show up, aren't yeah, they? Like, do yeah, do you know what I mean? So I look forward to seeing what the UK brings next. Next, this will be the real test for the UK, I think. Because, you know, flukes can happen. I'm not saying Sam was yeah. a fluke, but, you know, things can happen that you do well and then suddenly you do bad. I have high hopes for the UK. Lee Smithurst, I trust him. Mm-hmm. He's a good egg. That guy in the delegation. He's a good egg. He's a good egg. I love that saying. And he's got some kind of big promotion. He's like head of contest now or yeah. something. And I think as well, the BBC are going to keep working with Sam Ryder. I could see him being involved down the line, even not as a performer, but I could see him being a songwriter or him putting forward artists. You know how mm-hmm. like the, the Dutch broadcaster has Duncan always Lawrence, kind of taken yeah. Doug Lawrence on board I feel like the BBC will do that with yeah, Sam definitely. and he knows what he's doing mm. so like that's a good thing yeah but I think we've gone through almost <laughs> every, every single song <laughs> to be fair I actually think we've there's a few we haven't mentioned but um, there's just so many UK entries we could be here all day some great ones but um, hopefully you guys agreed with us on some of them and we're going to hear a few more favourites from some of our guests now shortly. (laughs) 
Okay, everyone. So as we mentioned, we are joined by some fans from Liverpool over the pond. Meg, who contributes to Eurovois, and AJ, who contributes to Phoenix. Of course, Eurovois is like so well established and so well known, always breaking the the news Mm -hmm. as it comes. So so constant on the Twitter timeline, such presence. Phoenix is a fantastic new Eurovision fan site with a fantastic team of people behind right. it, may I say. So big up Phoenix, go and follow both Eurovois and Phoenix if you don't already. But Meg and AJ, welcome to the podcast. Welcome along, guys. Hi, Hi. thanks for having us. So you guys are kind of living... The dream. The dream. <laughs> Eurovision is coming to your city. So please... Just set the scene. Might ask you first, Meg. Where were you? What were you doing? How are you feeling? What happened? What was the first thing you did when Graham Norton uttered the word Liverpool? Please tell us. Well, I mean, set the scene. I was so nervous on that day. I couldn't concentrate. Um, <laughs> though I had to have quite a bit of wine beforehand to steady the nerves. Um, <laughs> I was thoroughly expecting Glasgow to take it just because they've been the favourites all the way through. So I thought, you know what? worthy a worthy city to lose out to let's just enjoy this drink a lot of pinot grigio um did not expect rain to um to say liverpool or pull out the liverpool um cards <laughs> while we were all there shaking wondering what he's gonna say didn't realize it was already on the screen but uh yeah i did think i just screamed i was in my living room on my own and i just screamed and i, I I was on Zoom with a couple of Eurovision friends who very kindly recorded my reaction, which well, hopefully we'll never see the light of day because it's very embarrassing. <laughs> Shock and excitement. And it's something that I'd always have in the back of my mind thinking, oh, we'd be so good at it. I just never thought it would ever happen. I'm not going to lie, Meg. I think I saw like, because I followed you on Twitter for a while. I think I saw like years ago, you tweeting about how Liverpool would be such a good host. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> We've all got, I think I've been merged see like contingency plan for what if you know <laughs> the village would be great on the waterfront and the arena's perfect and I know where your club would be but never thought it would actually be <laughs> coming, and coming she in. was correct yeah called it <laughs> <laughs> AJ what about you tell us about your reaction oh uh, kind of similar to me I was a you know I was so nervous that day I, I was a mess so like working but I got absolutely nothing done that day because I was just so stressed about about the result that was um, going to come that evening. Um, at the same time, I had various different kind of journalists, mainly from the BBC, asking me to take part on their radio shows and send them voice clips and stuff. I was getting all these media requests. It was very strange because usually when I tweet on, about your vision, I'm kind of just like, I feel like I'm tweeting into the abyss sometimes and no one like cares about what I'm talking about. But suddenly like my opinions were like super relevant. I was like, oh my God, like everyone wants to hear about from me. So it was a weird, it was a weird sensation from that from that perspective but also but, but yeah I was just kind of a bit stressed from that but also just stressed about the result as well just before the result was announced kind of I was I convinced myself that Glasgow had had clinched it and I was totally fine with that you know Glasgow obviously Liverpool was my first choice but Glasgow would have been my second choice I think Glasgow you know was um would have been a fantastic venue actually it was I went to the um, Scottish event campus last week for a work commitment and um, I could see you know firsthand that would have been a great venue for it but yeah I kind of convinced myself that it was going to be Glasgow and then I was I was was sitting in this exact position actually and I was you know waiting for Glasgow to be announced and then he said Liverpool and I let out the biggest gasp 
I've ever made. I just kind of sat there, stunned in silence. I didn't know what to... I, th- I just couldn't process it for a good few seconds. I just stood, stood there looking the most shocked I've ever looked. Eventually, I did have a little cry um, because uh-huh. it was like so overwhelming and I was so happy about it. Well, I did record my reaction and um, some of it is in a TikTok that uh, Phoenix have released, um, including some of our contributors' reactions. Doesn't doesn't include the crying, thankfully. Just <laughs> very shocked. But yeah, I was, you know, just elated when when it afterwards and i was so happy and you know everyone was messaging me after like all my all my friends were kind of no aware of your vision but not you know massive fans who all like messaging me like oh my god did you see and i was like yeah of course i saw i've been stressing about it all day <laughs> but yeah it was just oh, such a moment i'll never forget it aj you touched on it there you know f- people who aren't really your vision fans are getting excited for liverpool hosting the contest is there a buzz around the city now that you know everyone's building up to me for this big contest coming to you know to your hometown, yeah, I think there is definitely. Um, it does feel like that. Yeah, I mean, as um, Meg uh, was saying before we we recorded, there was um, a screen um, outside the um, uh, M&S Bank Arena, it's called now, kind of uh, with the Eurovision um, inch bid video, which um, was great. You know, I saw that on Meg's Twitter, which was great to see. And um, yeah, it just fit like you know there was so much coverage about it following the announcements and. Um, yeah, it was just, yeah, I definitely feel like there's a real buzz about it and, you know, everyone's really excited about it, yeah. We spoke to Harry Doyle as well earlier, the assistant mayor of Liverpool, and of course he was really involved in the bid for Liverpool to host Eurovision and he made us want to go to Liverpool. He mm-hmm. told us so many cool things. For you, Meg, like from a Eurovision fan's perspective, like can you give us any tips or like, you know, is there anything you've heard about that you know will be good and appealing to your vision fans in Liverpool? Well, it sounds like there's going to be a lot going on in the run-up to the contest. So they've already, I think part of what really seemed to cinch it for Liverpool in the end was was the, the events that they were announcing that were going to take place on behalf of Ukraine in the lead-up to it all. Um like arts events and events with with um, with schools and communities, but and also, I mean, like camp ridiculous things like Sonia Seek going and finding cardboard cutouts of Sonia. Imagine it's just so ridiculous, but I'm so here for it. But I think when you, if anybody does come to Liverpool, just it's such a diverse and unique and lively city. There's always something going on. So I think I just encourage you to to just go out and see everything. Go to the bars. Go to the different areas of town to, on a night out because. You'll never have a night out like Liverpool again. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> um, go and experience that, and and go and explore Merseyside as well, and like the wider region. I know like there's been a bit of a of talk recently about how well connected Liverpool is to other regions, mainly because of the hotel issue. But it's also it is really easy to to explore the wider region because through you know through transport and things. So I'd get out there and see the nice beaches that are nearby. It's it's really quite close to the Wirral and. And North Wales isn't far away either. So I think it's just a really good opportunity to explore the Northwest as a whole, really, as well. And the Eurovision Village is super close to the arena. Am I correct in thinking that? I'd say 10-minute walk, if that. Yeah, so it's, I mean, having been to Turin, which was great, everything was quite far away from each other. Mm. And Lisbon is the only other contest I went to as well. And again, the arena was a bit of a rise out of the city on the train. So having everything sort of on top of each other and, and the arena itself and the village you can easily walk there from the city centre in, in five ten minutes as well so it's, it's just going to be really useful if you're stumbling out of the arena after a few beers as well <laughs> <laughs> Megan AJ before you go we've been talking about our favourite Eurovision entries from the UK what are yours? Could you pick just one or two? I know it's hard. We're talking 60 plus years, but could you choose 
So Gina J, I love Gina J. Oh, just a little bit. Should have it should have stormed it. I'm sorry. I'm I'm so sorry. I know I, this is the wrong podcast to say that on, but I do love that song. <laughs> we actually laugh at really you. a winner. But I, I, I Gina G, I mean that song is just the soundtrack to all my school discos growing up. So I love that. Um and also I can't not shout out Sonia. I really genuinely love uh, that song. <laughs> Gina G yeah. Eight is a robbery. Crime, mm. honestly. It should have been it's a, sh- it's a shame they entered that um, during the jury years. I think they've, if they entered that a couple of years later with the televote, they mm-hmm. would have smashed it. Definitely. Mm. Good point. What about you, AJ? Um, I think one of my favourites is actually um, from 2014, Children of the Universe. Uh, I really like that song. I still listen to it sometimes, actually. I think it's just a really well-composed and just a really good song that kind of sticks out in a sense um, from the other UK entries in the sense that's not generic and, um, you know, made for your vision. It feels quite quite authentic. Uh, it's just a shame that the staging was a bit underwhelming and I can kind of see why, why it came uh, where it came in the scoreboard but but yeah I really I really appreciate that song and one final question what would you guys say is your most underrated entry from the UK ever the one that comes to mind is and I know some people are going to find it quite cringe but I love it and it was the end of the year I was born as well so I can't not um, Love City Groove oh yeah I love that I think is that should have come that came like 10th or something yeah, like that, that I think that should have done yeah. better and that was the, that's the same for me. That's the from the year I was born as well. So yeah, and kind of that held a special place uh, in my heart. And yeah, the, the thing I liked about that entry is it was kind of something a bit different, um, which the UK doesn't really do. They usually, you know, just go with the trend. But but yeah, it was kind of like um, risky for '95. I thought uh, one uh, entry I mentioned as well is the year before '94, Francis Raphael, and it had another title as well, something symphony, lonely symphony. symphony. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really appreciate that song as well. And I think that also came 10th as well, which is quite underrated. I thought I thought the jurors would have given that a bit more appreciation. But I think in that year, there was a lot of ballads and just didn't quite stick out. But but yeah, I think that's a bit underrated for what it is. I think if it was sent in another year, it would have done quite well. I think the UK was really good in the 90s, actually. Hopefully they can, uh, I mean, you know, I'd say maybe the 90s was a bit of a golden era for the UK. Hopefully we're at the beginning of the next golden era. Um, in the uh, 2020s <laughs> I'll tell you a secret guys we were all bored in the same year not this man oh. but the three of us <laughs> oh. <laughs> he's a baby, yeah. he's a baby. Oh. Um, so many good UK entries including of course Sam Ryder yes we have a lot of love for um, and now largely thanks to him and the UK agreeing to host on behalf of the Ukraine it's coming to Liverpool in May bring it on oh, thank you Sam Thank you guys so much for joining us, for letting us know your thoughts and see you in Liverpool. See you there. Thank you so much. See you in Liverpool. Okay, everyone. That is all for episode four of the Eurovision podcast. Really enjoyed this episode, Connor. It was good. Yeah, it was a good one. Jam packed, but my God, we got through a lot. And it's good conversations. Good to have these conversations about, you know. I feel very excited about Liverpool. Yes, they sold it well, didn't they? My Mm, God. Big thank you to Harry Councillor, Harry Doyle, the Assistant Mayor of Liverpool for joining us. Some great insight there. Huge thank you to Meg from Eurovois. And AJ from Phoenix also for giving us a fan's perspective. And thank you to my lovely co-host Connor for yet another thank you, great Louise. My God, I had a break from Kiel and Graal this week. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. It's give, me, give me a break for a week. <laughs> Connor's like, teacher, can I have no homework this week? <laughs> you can tell it's midterm here in Ireland. She said, let, let me off for the week. Which is... 
stop would you stop but yeah like Louise um, said thank you to everyone for coming on the show this week it was great to speak with you and looking forward to Liverpool anyway you know keep your BDI on our socials on our Instagram on our Twitter I think you'll have a good feeling about what country we want to cover next yes. in our next episode we've spoken about them a lot in this episode speaking of Liverpool 2023 so keep an eye on that don't forget to rate our podcast too mm-hmm. give us a review if you like us help other Eurovision fans uh, find, find us. us and yeah send us a message tweet Instagram comment and thank you so much to everyone who has done so far we will see you all in the next episode and we're going to say Slán Gafán